Hi, this is Tom Compton of We Hold These Truths. You're listening to the Unheralded News and Review and Pharisee Watch, brought to you by We Hold These Truths at whtt.org on the web. Each week we look into the events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's unheralded news and Pharisee Watch, we're going to do an update on our story just a couple of weeks ago entitled Still More Blood on Judeo-Christians' Hands in light of the recent massacre of 26 people, 20 young children, 6 and 7 years old in Newtown, Connecticut, and six adults, the mother of Adam Lanza and Adam Lanza taking his own life. Certainly this was a a tragic event. And so, Leslie, why don't you read the story, and then we're going to discuss this. This is the update to our story. And if you get this before, you'll want to go back to our other one and read that story, and then we have another podcast on it also. Leslie? We are rescinding this update to our 2008 account of 24-year-old Matthew Murray, who shot members of two evangelical religious groups, killing four and wounding five before fatally shooting himself. You should have received that update only one week before 20-year-old Adam Lanza carried out a shooting attack in Newtown, Connecticut a few days ago. Matthew Murray and Adam Lanza seem to have experienced certain family and religious similarities that culminated in their final acts of rage. We can only hope the whole story about Adam Lanza will be told. Those who looked and saw know what caused Murray to kill, he told us clearly. The media did not look. We at WHTT are a pro-life group. We oppose wars because we believe every life is precious in God's sight. We feel these needless deaths intensely. We mourn for the survivors who suffer the painful loss of loved ones. It is time to fix the problem of killings that rarely, if ever, happened two generations ago. We ask you to look hard at the cause. Do not blame it on guns. Americans had many guns and bullets in past generations with much less scrutiny than now. We also had sick kids, I've known a few, and mentally ill older people. But killing rampages directed at the innocent in order to punish society were rare indeed. That is what is happening now, and most of the killers are anything but dumb. The number defies memory. A pattern is already emerging in the Lanza attack, which I predict will be kept secret from us, whereas the incident will be used as political grist for various agendas by those who control our president. Let us look back six years to the case of Matthew Murray, His father was a brain surgeon. His mother was a Judeo-Christian activist who homeschooled Matthew for 12 years. 
he, like Adam Lanza, continued to live in his wealthy parents' home. All right, thank you. Okay, certainly one of the things, the political implications, we had the president going on the air and weeping about this incident, and certainly we as concerned citizens and compassionate citizens should be weeping. What I find hypocrisy is that the president didn't or has not, as far as I know, weeped over the death of innocent children in Gaza or at the hands of his directed drones attacks, particularly in places like Pakistan where innocent civilians and children have been killed, euphemistically known as collateral damage. We seem to ignore this collateral damage, and we do use these incidences as grist. We even got past Sunday in our church, the pastor getting up and talking about this and calling for prayer, which we should do. But on the other hand, we are selective. We have what I call selective weeping. We seem to weep at these, which are obvious, the innocent children that are in school that should should have been safe there in the school. Yes, we should be weeping at this, but we should be weeping at these other incidences of innocent children and populations that are being killed as a result of the policies of the United States government. Chuck? Yes, What's already been proposed, of course, by our president is uh, he's, he's now come out and stated publicly that he will support a new gun control effort. And the presumption here, of course, is that if Adam Lanza had been prevented from buying a gun, this wouldn't have happened. And, of course, it so happened in this case that the gun was owned by, the guns were owned by his mother, who was a perfectly legal and proper owner, so preventing his mother from accumulating guns would not, no matter what background checks were done or anything, probably would not have prevented this boy from essentially stealing a gun and carrying out this assault. We never even found out how Matthew Murray got his guns that he used to, to kill four people five years ago. But we will see this transformed into a political effort that will inevitably assert a lot of control over people and will set up mechanisms that will be used to control all kinds of people. The complaint that we're hearing is that we have to find psychopaths, potential psychopaths in the population and then prevent them from acting. And of course, there have been psychopaths in the population forever, and there have been guns in the population forever. But this, these kind of killings, obviously one is feeding off another. People are hearing about these things. And uh, so seeking out and finding people who might potentially be serial killers and then finding a way to control them is an odd answer to this problem and it's the one that we would at least expect to be successful. We'd like to say that we have plenty of reason to believe that what people like Matthew Murray and Adam Lanza read and what they do on their computers has a great deal to do with the actions they carry out. Lanza was 
reputed by his, some of his friends whose words have made it into the press to be an expert at playing computer games. Of course, these break down mostly, in, many of them, into very violent gun games. The same was, of course, true of Matthew Murray. And these boys, these two guys, were both intellectual. They were both genius nerds, let's say, who could do almost anything with a computer, and who all both had rich parents who took care of them. And so we should be very concerned about what this will result in. And, of course, the people that are concerned about constitutional rights and so on will be trying to prevent new laws, but it actually goes further than this. By trying to control this kind of a thing politically, what we do is we set aside the spiritual side of it, and uh, we stop looking at the necessary Christian teachings that would hold thou shall not kill. And we tend to accept politicians' way of handling problems rather than Christians' ways of handling problems. If one, however, is looking at a way to protect schools, the simplest and easiest way would be to put a guard at the schools and uh, simply require the school to hire a retired military guy, let's say, or someone with a proper background and training to go to the school and have a gun and, and be there to protect people. If there was someone in protecting the schools, as we protect our politicians when they go about on speeches and tours, there's no, we're not at all bashful about making sure that every candidate for high office, that Hillary Clinton, that all the past presidents have constant surveillance wherever they go, is not asking too much if this problem is a problem of, of rampant sociopaths running recklessly loose in our society that we actually require schools to hire someone to protect the school. If that costs too much, there's a simple answer to it. We could simply train the principal and the assistant principal, man or woman, how to operate a gun and require that the school have a gun safe that they have on site and that designated people simply carry weapons during school hours and uh, therefore uh, are in position to fend off someone like Anna Monza who goes to a public school. These are ideas that sound bizarre, but they're very, very simple, and they're ideas that you will never hear from the people who are now talking about how to solve this problem. Or, Chuck, how about we've got over 700 military bases in 130-some countries. How about closing half of those and let those troops guard schools <laughs> in that vein, yes. We could simply call that more federal aid to education and justify that, and uh, <laughs> the expense would be no higher than maintaining the military base. It's cheaper. It's easier to keep somebody at home here in America than it is to keep him in some remote base in Afghanistan or Pakistan or and maybe Uzbekistan. And, and maybe, these, right. uh, maybe these people would not come home with mental disorders that eventually put them into the cycle of the people that have to be watched as potential psychopaths in our society. So these are all just practical way of discussing this matter. There are much deeper concerns that need to be looked into. For instance, in the case of Matthew Murray, some five years ago, he went on a killing binge 
killing absolutely innocent people in two churches where his mother had forced him to go. One was a, one was a church and one was actually a mission organization, a very uh, you know, respected mission organization that trained missionaries. He simply felt that everybody had lied to him in these institutions and that resulted in the unhappy life he apparently had under the total control of his mother, who was, I guess someone said, a ding-a-ling. But nevertheless, she was a ding-a-ling control mother. It turns out that Anna Malanza had lots of psychological problems that his parents knew about, and their solution was to keep him a home with a bank of computers. We will probably never know what is on those computers because the people who are actually going to have the information don't have to give it to us. And if any of it is uncomfortable to them or to people in higher places or to politicians or to religious leaders who are, uh, are accepted in our society today uh, or whatever those people are, there will be someone there to uh, strain out and separate off the information that is acceptable to us in their eyes. For instance, we don't even know today if Adam Lanza really killed his mother. We've been told by the press in a matter-of-fact way that he first killed his mother, then broke all the computers, then went out and killed all these children. No one really has shown any evidence whatsoever that this has happened. We don't know if it happened. His mother could have been killed by someone else for all we know. And it's very unlikely that that information will ever come out. It's unlikely that we will know what his mother really thought or did or very much about her until someone digs into the community years from now and writes some kind of a, a book about it. And then the quality of the information will be entirely dependent on who writes the book. So we have a, a series, some, some have estimated, that there have been as many as 35 incidents of this general type, in other words, the killing of innocent people by persons who were not expected, gun killings, all over the country, in all kinds of different places. Uh, Leslie mentioned nurses. And in, all, in, in most of these cases, the people are targets simply because someone wants to let society know that they don't like something that's going on in their life and how much do we really know about what has motivated these problems? So hopefully from this there will be some effort to bring about solutions that make some sense and are practical. There were, of course, plenty of unbalanced people in every generation of life. And as we said in the, our little story, guns were the most easily accessible commodity that you could find in America in any time in the last 150 years, I guess. Guns have been readily available all those times. And yet these events that are going on are new in our time. Are they actually associated with the killing, the organized killing that had been going on in the last two generations since, well, since we followed it in 19, since 1990, when we've had ongoing, continuous wars in foreign countries that essentially had been killing zones carried out by Americans in foreign countries. Does that have anything to do with people like Lanza and Matthew Murray 
getting involved in these kind of incidents. Well, this virtual reality thing with these games, as you pointed out, Chuck, we talked about this a couple of years ago. The United States Army in Philadelphia, I believe it is, put in a recruiting station at a mall, and one of the features were virtual reality combat-type games to get the younger kids to come in there and to play the games and hopefully join the Army. So we've got certainly a desensitizing against uh, killing and... and uh, Leslie? Well, uh, I think one of the largest, uh, most popular games on computer is is a war game and several uh, versions of it. Yes. And so we, we do have this weakening. We, have, we don't have the forces of morality to hold the actions down. So as a consequence, we're going to see more laws enacted. You mentioned, uh, I've looked at a lot of schools, and they've got fences around. They look like almost prisons, a lot of these schools now. And, of course, this will be another step to, to guarantee them that that's what they will become with guards and everything for protecting the students. I mean, it's a sad, sorry state that we're, we're in, but we seem to be going down a slippery slope spiral that will only result in more, more laws and more control. Well, I've played these these games with my grandchildren. They have them, and I don't think they should have them, but they do. They're pretty accessible, and uh, you can either uh, shoot these things. Uh, you basically can learn. You can actually learn to fly an airplane with virtual with virtual games now, and you can sh- learn to shoot a gun with virtual games. Uh, you can learn how you aim it, how you point it, how you. Uh, how you actually fire it, and uh, so they're pretty realistic in in many ways. People learn people learn how to fly uh, new jet airplanes in virtual reality models. So this stuff is all new and it's all very uh, very successful in in teaching. And uh, when you're playing these games, you can either imagine that what you're shooting is just an object uh, on the screen. Or you can imagine it is really a human because they're made to look like humans. I've seen a lot of them where the other side, of course, is Arabic humans. They've got all the Arabic dress. They've got Arabic beards. They're clearly and obviously Arabs. And your object is to shoot them. So, yeah, these games are everywhere. We Parents and grandparents don't necessarily know much about them. They are probably a factor. But also, anybody with a computer can uh, look at the pictures of hundreds of dead children at any given time in any number of places and see the hypocrisy of our own leadership for themselves. And so some of these efforts, like Matthew Murray, in his case, he definitely considered the evangelical churches that he attacked had lied to him, cheated him, and helped to steal his life by involving the mother in what he considered to be occult activities that she forced upon him. So there's a lot of reality in virtual reality. That's for sure. (laughs) And we can't legislate morality either. That's right. We can't really legislate keeping everybody. There's no way to find all the psychopaths and keep them away from the schools, theaters, and uh, churches and Bible schools and 
And then, of course, just just to throw into the mix, you wonder about all the drugs that are being prescribed to people, the free use of psychotropic drugs and and the uh, uppers and downers. And malnutrition can cause uh, hallucinations. Well, yeah. Over 10 years ago, my sister-in-law teaching in a school, a third of her students were on Ritalin. And so does this have an effect on the personalities of people like Adam Lanza or uh, Matthew Murray? Uh, it, It possibly could. There's a lot of factors, environmental factors, all kinds of factors that need to be considered. Many people say it does, and what's going to result from this is more efforts to find and treat, find and treat, find and treat. And, uh, of course, uh, the bottom line is it won't work because there will always be the guy who can get a gun. There's always the guy who will be even more determined to do this if it's, if it's made difficult. Or take the case, a recent case here about the same time in China where a guy, they have gun laws there. They can't own guns privately uh, or it's very, very limited. And he slashed his, I don't know, 20-some people with a knife. So, uh, yeah. Well, you could argue that they didn't all all die, and uh, well, they didn't all die. Yes, and certainly it's that that uh, can be argued, but it doesn't doesn't solve the problem of you can't just create legislation that will keep people from doing things that they're being taught to do in all of our media right in front of us. We don't have an imagination for peace. (laughs) We just have an imagination for war and killing. Yeah. We need to change that, too. Yeah. Stop in our tracks and try something different that uh, might help society build itself instead of tear itself down. Okay, well, there's just some food for thought, and that's our report for today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell a friend about our podcast, and please visit our website, whtt.org. You will find a wealth of information and resources like the latest Pharisee Watch and unheralded news articles. Also, you can order our new video, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Even though this video is copyrighted, we don't mind if you copy it as long as you copy all of it. Then you can educate your friends and acquaintances about the dangers of Christian Zionism. Start small, think big, and press on toward the straight gate.